so good to us, folks. He is so good to us. You can be seated. Oh, what a mighty God. Praise God. And He does. He remains faithful through it all. And we can count on that in Jesus' name. And so, um, God has given me some instruction here tonight, so I'm going to try to do the best that I can to keep up with what He has to do. Uh, Sister Gail, I want you to come, if you don't mind. It ain't going to hurt you. It's going to be good. It's all good. Praise God. It's not like you're going to the principal office or anything like that. That's what people think right away. What's he got? No, God's got something for you. And same with you. I want you to come too in Jesus' name. Praise God. God is God. See if I make sure I got everybody here in Jesus' name. Yeah, you right here. I want you to come too. Do you mind? Somebody can watch, watch her for you. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to take a little bit of a chance, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Leela. Yeah, I want you to come. I want you to come, Jesus' name. And also you. Yeah, Jesus' name. Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't mind what God wants to do. <laughs> I just about said I don't care. And that is not the, the proper English at this time. I don't care what God does. Just get up here. Yeah, and that type of thing. I just know that he wants to do something extra. Amen. And it might be some of the rest of you. Oh, there you are. I forgot about Can somebody grab that child from you? Is that okay? Yeah. There she is. There she is. Yeah. I thought there was one more. Jesus' name. You come over here. I don't want the room to sink on this side. I want to make sure that we have a balance here. Yeah, you never know. I'm just going to anoint him, folks. And you can stand and you yes, can pray. God. You can pray however you want. If you feel like the Lord wants you to walk up behind him and lay hands on him, that's okay too. But I'm going to anoint him. Praise God. And I'm going to believe God to let that anointing.
the faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus Folks, the anointing is flowing right now. In Jesus' name, let's continue to pray. There's something happening here. There's something that is, that is already letting loose right now. In Jesus' name. Whoa, that's it. That's it. Go ahead. Those of you that are interceders, go ahead and intercede for them right now. Go ahead. That's it. That's good. Oh, Jesus. Now you have, you're, 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 many of you have just let go, you've let loose, and it was easy to do, wasn't it? It wasn't hard. Amen. Come on, remember that, praise God. It's a flow, that's what's happening, praise God. The Spirit of God is flowing through you. Jesus used the illustration of a flowing river. He said, if you believe on me, as the Scripture saith, out of your bellies would flow rivers of living water. And so that's what's happening right now. Many of you have reached that point right now, and God wants to help you to do that on a, on a fairly regular basis. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's what you want. That's what you want to go. You want to go there by faith. You, you just, there's something that happens with the flowing of God's Spirit and with His Word, praise God. It just can get into the crevices, it can get into the places that you don't think that it can, praise God, in Jesus' name. Somebody right here just got healed. I don't know what it was, but you just got healed in Jesus' name. You did. It's gone. 
you go ahead, go to the doctor and, and tell him to take another x-ray or whatever, and you're going to find it to be gone. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. That's good. That's good. That's good. In Jesus' name. I'm going to let you go back to your seat if you can for a little while. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. He is so good to us, isn't he? He is. He really does. He really, really, really does care for you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Um, Sister Carla, you get back in your seat there and you can sit. I want you to sit, but I'm, we're going to pray for you too. And I'm believing the Lord to do something special in your life and in your area of expertise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll anoint her. You guys just gather around her and pray the prayer of faith. It's just that simple. Jesus' name. God is so good in Jesus' name. Sit down and take a couple of deep breaths, okay? There you go. Take a couple of, couple of deep, deep breaths in Jesus' name. There you are. Um, I, this morning, um, and I take no credit for it, I give it all the glory to God, but I know that this morning I did what they call in the, in the preaching world, um, is I tore up Jack. <laughs> I know, I know I did that. And so, and, and I, again, make no apologies for it. There was just a lot of, a lot of buildup. Um, you're good people. You're faithful people. Don't misunderstand sometimes the chastening of God. 
It's not like he doesn't like you. He does. My goodness, if he can care for a dummy like me, my goodness, he should be able to go to, he'll go to the lengths for you. So, and I'm not denigrating myself. I'm just telling you that's how it is. I, I recognize that in Jesus' name. Um, I, I'm not an expert when it comes to fitness, um, but I do know enough that one of the best ways to get, um, to get rid of toxins in your body, and we all get them. Um, you know, if you all would just eat as good as I eat. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. Look at somebody and say, not. <laughs> yeah, that's not how it is. But we just accumulate them. We just do. And we, our, our bodies have to have a way of getting rid of that. Because if those toxins stay, and I'm not a nurse, but I think you would agree with me, if, if we don't, I mean, they're going to do some damage. They're going to go to some areas that you don't want them to and stuff like that. Well, folks, again, the analogy is it's much like the spiritual realm. That we sometimes get toxins. People hurt us. Sometimes we get misunderstood. I mean, it's just, this is how it works in the church. We're just human beings. And so it's not like we, you know, um, we're all walking around with a bunch of halos on our head. It's just that's how it works. And so those toxins have to be gotten rid of from time to time. And, and through the Spirit, when you begin to pray, um, I, I can't tell you, you know, um, because I don't know all the time, but I do know that the, something begins to happen in the spiritual realm, and God um, uh, is attracted to that in Jesus' name. I, I don't think I'll have time tonight, but I, I was going to read an article to you um, about a, a, a firm that did a research on speaking in tongues. Newbird was a guy's name. You can go back in, in 2007 in Nightline, and you can, you can listen to the article online. It was in the news. And this guy um, did a wonderful job of um, explaining some things that he came up with that happen when people are, um, are, are, are being um, moved in the Spirit in Jesus' name. And so I want to encourage you, you're in the right place in yes. Jesus' name. Praise God, you're in the right place. Leela, just open yourself up. I'm not asking you to get out of your box. I'm not doing that. I know that that's a hard thing to do. But maybe at home or at work or someplace where you feel comfortable with it, just go ahead and lift up your hands and let God flow through you. Yes. The Holy Ghost was right there. Yes. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want to embarrass you. He just wants you to have something that you could, you could never, ever produce in a million years. And so that will happen. And I'll guarantee you what will happen is that guy sitting next to you, he will be affected by it. He will. He will not be able to resist that. And so I felt that you, you would be the one that you could start with in Jesus' name. And I know you have a lot of questions. And that's okay. I don't have any answers. <laughs> no, I know I have a few answers, but I'm just saying God has all of those answers. And he will confirm his word with signs following. The book of Mark claims that. It says that Jesus taught. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, in my name you can cast out devils. And that is an authority thing. And God give us the authority through his blood, his name, that we can do that. And then he said, you shall speak with new tongues. You know, it says a couple of weird things there that I still haven't gotten my hand wrapped around yet. But he says, you shall pick, pick up serpents and if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. I, I, I felt that most of the guys that I've gone to that know a whole lot more than me, they say that it has that refers to the demonic world. And so I've, that's, I've, that's how I've accepted that right now. But I don't know. I mean, I look at those things, and there's some people in the South 
um, that have taken that to the nth degree and they get boxes of snakes underneath their chairs. Seriously, folks, they do this and they feel like that's what it means, that you can pick up deadly snakes and they won't harm you. And some of them have been pretty surprised when those things bite them. I don't feel like, I don't feel like we want to test the Lord there. I do feel like that's talking more of the demonic world, that serpents. And Jesus used the word scorpions, you know, when, he, when, when his uh, boys came back. And he said, man, I give you authority over all the enemies of the soul. So I believe that God is, does that in the demonic world. And then the last one, the laying on, and we do it a lot around here, the laying on of hands. Amen. There was two or three of you that were praying for Carla that God, because you did that and it was flowing through you, that God flowed it right back into your life and you received something in Jesus' name. That is how it works, praise God. And it's just powerful how God does these things. I am just, after, even after 46, 47 years, I'm still mesmerized at how he can just come into a place like this and just do everything so quickly and so in order. And he never messes up. You know, never says the wrong thing in that type of thing, in Jesus' name. Uh, but before I give you a little small message tonight, um, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Jesus. Jesus, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Jesus, I'm glad that you came to church tonight. Praise God. God wants to help you. And I believe he already has. Now, you've felt the Spirit of God, haven't you? Have you ever been in one of these apostolic churches before? Well, this is quite a deal, isn't it? A lot different than a lot of other places. And I'm not here to promote the church. I'm just here to say what you're primarily feeling is the Spirit of God. That's, it's just all over the place. Now, God wants to help you. And so he's asked me to do a couple of things for you. First of all, I, he wants me to pray for you. Would that be okay? Is that all right? And would it be okay if you came down here to do that? Is that all right? You sat, when I first came to one of these churches, I wasn't raised in one of these things, you sat right where I sat when I first came in. <laughs> you know, if, they if I could have sat outside, I probably would have done that. And it's because I really didn't, I wasn't quite sure how these people were going to do things. But you know what happened to me? I, as I kept coming, you know, I started moving further and further up to the front. It's because I got comfortable with it, and I thought, these guys aren't going to hurt me. I had a lot of people in the world that wanted to hurt me, but these guys weren't one of them. And so I got comfortable with it, and man, I mean to tell you, as I loosened up a little bit and, and didn't get leery, man, I was able to receive the things of God in Jesus' name. Now, a couple of things here, and what did I do? Over here. Um, God wanted me to give you this information and you can take this home and you can read it, okay? I want you to do that. It's just simple information. One of them is Pentecost. What's that? Have you ever heard of Pentecost? Um, no. Well, you're going to hear about it, okay? Just read that. And if you've got questions, this is even one of them I wish they'd have when I first came to the church. What do you do? What are my next steps? What are some of the things I should be doing tomorrow morning when I get, back, when I get up from bed? This is going to help you with that. Amen. And then, I don't know if you've ever considered being baptized in the name of Jesus. We have a, a big full-blown, well, you probably saw it back there. we got a great big um, a baptismal back there. And we, we fill that thing full of water, warm water. It's very comfortable. We have people that don't even want to ever get out of there. They get in there and they say, well, I'll just stay here until the next service. No, I'm just kidding. But, it's, it's, but we do that because the Bible teaches us that baptism, there's a purpose for it. It's more than just getting wet. That baptism is for the remission of sins. 
And I had a boatload of them when I came to, to, the, to a church like this. I really did, brother. I had a boatload of sins. And I didn't know what to do with them. I mean, they were weighting me down, and I thought I was a horrible person. And I even got to a place where I didn't think God liked me. But God helped me to deal with that sin. And one of the ways that he helped me to do it was through water baptism. And man, I, I had never been the same again. And so I'm not asking you to do anything tonight if, unless you want to. But I'm just going to give this information to you. And I'm going to pray that God will help you to be able to understand the information, okay? Because that's so important. And so you, you do that, and I'm going to anoint you. And if a couple of the guys come around you and lay their hands on you, is that okay? Yes. Okay, okay, Jose. We're going to do that in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so glad that you brought this guy to church. Thank you for reminding us that the Praise God. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? He is. Praise the name of the Lord. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. I do. I have a very short message for you tonight. But before I go into that here, is we two, at least two. Is there two people? Now, testimony. Tell us what God has done for you this week. And let us rejoice with you. Is there two people? in here that have a testimony. You do, there's one, how about one more? Okay, yes, come. Would you mind ladies first? Well, you can stand up here if you want. No, you, well, I'd sit. She might be long-winded, you never know. She might take the rest of the service. You come, come. Amen, let God, here, you can use my microphone. Thank you. I won't be long-winded, I promise. Um, I, I just had to see, can you guys hear me? Okay. I have trouble holding this up. Okay, I can do this. Um, I just had to come say thank you to God for this because I, I really feel like that he, he did this for my son this week. But um, I told Pastor and Karen about it at lunch today. But um, Canaan is in Florida right now. I don't know if many of you know that. But um, they left Tuesday, and they, they took the early flight, 
and at 5, 4.35 in the morning. Um, 20 minutes into that flight, they, they had to turn around because the plane was broken. Um, and the pilot, I learned this later, um, radioed to the, well, whoever does this, fire, fire department. They didn't think they were going to land. They thought they were going to crash. The pilot told them that. So um, I was asleep, and I didn't know it, thank God. But um, he got them there safely. Canaan and my mom and dad and not only did he do that um, sorry I'm trying to explain this well um, my nephew went on that trip with them his cousin the one that came here and got the Holy Ghost you guys helped pray with um, he lives in Oklahoma so he was flying out to meet them in Florida um, and his flight like he went from Oklahoma to Houston um, because of that happened to my son and my parents their flight was late getting to Denver, so they rerouted them, and they ended up in Houston on the same exact flight as his cousin, and then they got to fly down together, so not only did he not let them die, thank you, Jesus, um, he got to fly with his cousin, and I really believe that was God, so thank you, Lord, thank you. Well, first and foremost, I just told myself that because uh, the last time we had testimony night, I regretted not giving a testimony, and I, I just said never again. So anytime I get an opportunity, but the Lord did heal my hands this week, and for the last month or so, it was it was very difficult for me to clap and hear and praise the Lord. And uh, but last Wednesday when we start singing and praising in God. I started clapping. I was like, wow, I can clap. And I just started clapping as hard as I could. And I just was like, wow, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. It's awesome to know that God cares about us that much in the details of our lives. And I just want to give God the glory for that. And I just want to continue to thank him for everything he's doing in my life and bringing me to a place like this where I can come into a relationship with the Lord. And I feel the love of God. And I know I'm loved. And I can grow in his word. And I can be amongst so many faithful brothers and sisters who love God and worship him and believe in that. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your healing, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Jake, I want you to do something. I want you to go back and I want you to anoint uh, uh, Brian. Um, I, I felt, as soon as you told me the story at noon today, there was just a quickening in my heart that God wants to do something through Canaan. Yes. Did I say that right? Canaan? Yeah. Um, and I do. I, I believe there's something there. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times we just don't know what's in the way um, or what just isn't added yet there. But I feel like God's going to do something in Jesus' name. And so, brother, would you take this, go back there and anoint... Um, uh, for, anoint him right now and pray the prayer of faith for Canaan in Jesus' name. This is for him right now. Oh, in Jesus' name.
Praise God, praise God, and you can be seated again. Hallelujah. Um, if you do not have this book in your home, I'm going to highly recommend that you get one. Um, somebody said one time, and I think it might even be the author of this book, um, you know, God makes a lot of um, references and makes a lot of analogies in the Bible, and the vast majority of the time is so that we'll understand this stuff better. Um, we can relate to certain things. You know, Jesus did this a lot when he, when he taught in parables. He wasn't trying to, you know, give them f complicated formulas and things like that. He was just trying to bring forth um, uh, a word picture so that we could understand what's going on. And we guys, probably more than the ladies, we, we appreciate that. We just are built that way. I, I am, anyway. I don't know about you, but... Um, and I appreciate that, I really do. And one of the analogies the scripture uses uh, from time to time is that of a boat, amen. And, um, and what you and I need in a boat is we need several, couple of things, first of all. Um, uh, we need an anchor, we need a sail, and we need something to fish with. Because Jesus made reference to those things. That's what he did. And the name of this book is called Anchor Points. Most, some of you have this book, and it's a, it's a tremendous book. It really is. Um, one of the things that will keep you from falling too far away from God is to uh, begin to accept the doctrines of Christ. That, that is, that'll work for anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. If you can begin to start believing in the doctrines of Christ or what Jesus Christ taught, um, even if you don't fully understand them, you begin to say, God, I, 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 I need this. What they do is they work as anchors in your life. Because all of us have a tendency, every one of us, we have a tendency to drift. 
that sometimes life gets busy and sometimes we get doing things and, and so on and so forth and, and very subtle. You know, I, I, I use the analogy sometimes of the first mention in the scripture. And a lot of times when you see the first mention in scripture, it really does explain it quite thoroughly and it, and it, and it really actually keeps up to date. Well, the first mention in the, in the Bible of Satan in our Bible, I'm talking about the King James Version Bible, is in the third chapter. And the thing that Satan chose uh, was to be subtle. And that's what I see in our world sometimes. You know, there's a lot of you in here, you know, that the devil ain't going to walk up to you and slap you alongside the head and say, don't you ever pray again. Man, you're not going to go for that. My goodness, you're too, you know, you've got too much of the Holy Ghost in your life to, you know, to fall for something like that. But a lot of times, and this is just an example of subtlety, he won't tell you not to do it. He'll just say, do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. And that's what we do. We begin to drift. And, and the world that you and I are living in right now, because of the increase in population, do you realize demographically that there are more people on the face of the earth right now than there ever has been in the history of mankind? It only took, I think, the last interval, it only took between the seventh and the eighth billionth person being born, it only took a matter of like six or seven years. Where 57, or 50, 60, 80 years ago, it took, you know, 20 or 30 years for that to happen. So you understand that we are living in a world that's filled with people like you and I. And that's what we're sensed, that's what we feel. We can't get away from it. You can't. You can go up in the mountains and hunt if you want, but most of us, we got to make a living, we got to come down here, and we got to take care of matters. So we're going to be around this, and that's what causes us to feel that. And I don't want you to be scared about it, I just want you to be aware of the fact that that's what you're doing. You're living in a world that's full of people. And um, a lot of those people, and I'm not being a judge, I'm just telling you how it is, a lot of those people are, have not been regenerated yet which means they don't know God the way God wants them to know him. And so that's what you sense. You know, you go into a work area where your priority is prayer and coming to church and, and living for God, and, and you, you get around people that that's, they don't care less if you live for God or not. And you feel that. And it tugs on you. It just does. But if you'll begin to accept the doctrines of Christ, what the Lord will literally do in your life is put anchors. He will put anchors in your life, and you will not drift too far. Now, you might drift a little bit, but you, you go, oh, man, I can't go any further. Because you'll feel that. You'll have that assurance, praise God, that God's word, praise God, is really doing something in my life. And I'm not, I, I, he's helped me to draw a line in my life, and I'm not going to cross over that line anymore. And that doesn't give you a self-right, hopefully it doesn't give you a self-righteous attitude, because he gave it to you. That's the giftings that he gives you. But it'll keep you safe. And you'll really, really begin to have confidence. You see, Jesus, what you need is confidence in God. And I can't give that to you. I can tell you how much confidence I got in him. And we can hoop and wow all over the place in this place. And I think that works for a while. But sooner or later, you got to have confidence in God. And that's what happens when you begin to accept the things of the Lord. You begin to have confidence in him. And boy, I mean to tell you, that is worth its weight in gold, man, when you're out there in that world and when things are messing with you, in Jesus' name. Because I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. I don't. 
And I'm not here to, to, to get that stringent in the prophecy. I just know that we are, we're getting very close to the end of the age. And so if you can, get this book, read it. It's just very practical. Uh, David Bernard is the author of it. He's the general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, which really doesn't have much bearing on reading this. He's just a gifted communicator. Amen. I just read that book that you gave me, you know, about his travels, um, you know, into Europe. And, and, man, that guy's been on a lot of places. You know, and God has helped him to minister, praise God. He was telling stories about how when he went over into Europe in the 70s and the 80s and some of the issues they had over there, you know, he about got arrested, about got thrown into prison. And so he's had a lot of good experiences, but the bottom line is he's a gifted writer. And I, I, I really feel that this book would help you to understand the doctrines maybe a little more thoroughly. Amen. And I'm not talking about, well, it's got a UPCI slant. Um, no, it doesn't. It has a biblical slant to it. And we're very, very practical. So consider that. And so in your ship, my ship, we need an anchor. The Bible teaches us, I think it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, where is incidentally where we find the six doctrines of Christ. You know, repentance, or um, <clears throat> faith towards God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of baptisms, um, the laying on of hands, the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, and the doctrine of, um, of eternal judgment. Those are six doctrines that Jesus taught. Jesus himself. You can go into the Gospels and you can find where he taught that stuff. And it's important. I know it scares us sometimes, but it's important. It'll help us, keep us on the way. But later on down that chapter, it talks about some things. It talks about the danger of falling away. And that's, God does not want you to fall away. That's why you need anchors in your life, so that you won't. You can really, you can really feel the power, and, and, and um, I'm, I've been dancing around this word all night, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can feel the security of being in God's presence. Amen. I'm not talking about eternity or eternal security here. I'm just talking about being secure in God. But down in that chapter, about the middle of that sixth chapter of Hebrews, it talks about hope. And hope is so important. Now, we, we like to talk about faith, and the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And we understand by faith that the elders received a good report from God. And so a lot of times we like to jump on the old faith bandwagon, and we should, because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So having faith in God is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. But sometimes, even with all of the faith that we can muster up and the help of the Lord, we just got to have hope in some things. And what hope does is it helps us to put some things on the back burner. It helps us to understand that even though he doesn't come tonight, he's going to come one of these days, and I'm going to be ready. And the Bible says that hope can become an anchor to your soul, that you have a hope of the second coming of the Lord. You have a hope that God, you know, is, is, is going to do what he says in his Bible, praise God, in his time. And so anchors are not bad, they're good things, they're things that God wants to help you through. 
Several times in the scripture, it mentions the fact, and it gives us the word picture. I think it's, um, I got it written down. Yeah, here it is. In Matthew chapter 14, in Mark chapter 6, and John chapter 6, it gives us an illustration of one time, you know, after Jesus had kind of a long day ministering and stuff like that, sometimes what he would do is he would send his disciples ahead of him, and they would use a boat. Because they knew how to, how to, how to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to get that study because it really intrigued me. I, I, I heard the other day that there's a, there is a way that you can navigate a boat through contrary winds. You can do that. You just got to be a skilled seaman. And I believe that God can help some of us to do that. Amen. But in the meantime, look at somebody and say, in the meantime... We, you, can, you can count on Jesus' help. And in these three instances, Jesus came along. There was one time I was kind of chuckling to myself. He was trying to sneak by him. But they, they couldn't do it, you know, because they saw him. And every time Jesus was invited into the boat, and when he was invited into the boat, something miraculous happened. Either the winds would stop, or they'd end up in the place right away like that, or whatever, but there was help. Yeah. Amen. And so what I feel like God wants to do for us on a regular basis is he wants to help us to put up the sail. Yes. That's what he wants. And one of the ways that you can put up this, your sail is via the Spirit. The Spirit. Do you remember on the day of Pentecost? Let me read it for you here real quick. Look at the second chapter of the book of Acts. Second chapter of the book of Acts, we, we like to claim this, but it's there for everybody. And the Bible says there, it says in verse number one, it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, which means they, were, they, they wanted to be there. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And in one place. It was unanimous. Everybody wanted to be in service that day. And the scripture says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, I've looked at that over the years, and I thought, well, that must have been pretty cool to be in that place when that happened. Well, I've learned in my own personal life that there's times when God wants to do that for me. He wants to come into my life, and he wants to give me a, a, a fresh breath of, of, of energy or, or wind or whatever the case is to help me to get through something. And I believe he can do that. Now listen, the only thing that you and I have to do is we have to develop more and more confidence in the Spirit. Remember last week I preached to you a little bit about, you know, how we are the circumcision that, that, that worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and have no confidence in the flesh? That's where we got to go with a lot of this stuff, folks. We really do. And I'm not talking about instant. I, I, one of the, I told you this morning, one of the greatest words in the church is grow. Just keep coming back and growing. Just grow in his knowledge. Grow in his ways. Experiment some things on your own. I give you permission to do that. Now, I'm not talking about false doctrine. I'm not talking about being ridiculous. But experiment it. It's nobody around and go, let's see what happens when I really begin to pray in the Spirit. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you go, ooh. Yes. I'm going to try that again. Yes. Come on. It's fun. 
it'll really, really become fun for you. And you'll begin to see things happen, praise God, and you'll go, that happened to me. That happened to me. And you'll begin to think, well, my goodness, you know. Now, now wait a minute. Now, before you get on the deep end, God doesn't want us worshiping any of that stuff, but he just wants us to experience it. And so try that. You know, let those doctrines put anchors in your life, praise God, so that you won't move too far away from God. And then put up that sail on a regular basis and let the wind of the Holy Ghost come into your life, praise God, and see what will happen. I remember years ago, um, and I might have told this story before, but, but when they were trying to break the sound barrier, what was the guy's name? Jaeger, wasn't it? Chuck. Chuck Yeager, and he, you know, he was one of those ones that they, they incorporated to get this thing going, and he tells the story of how that when he would go up in those planes, and they were trying to break that sound barrier, that the plane would literally begin to shake, and there was actually men that lost their lives because the plane wasn't built strong enough, and it would just shake apart, but he tells the story about, and I think he was the first one that broke the sound barrier. He said that when he broke the sound barrier for the first time, he said he realized that he was going against a contrary wind or a contrary thing. And it was resisting him. But he said after he got through it, he said he realized that the thing that was, resist, that was resisting him now was at his back and was causing him to go faster and faster and faster. And I believe in the spiritual realm, that's exactly what God wants to do for some of you. Listen to me, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I don't think we got 10 years. I don't think we can waste a lot of time. And I'm not pushing the panic button, but I'm saying I believe that God in some of your lives wants to accelerate what's going on. But he's not going to do it in the flesh. He's not going to do it if you waver. He's not going to do it if you concentrate on doubt and those kind of things. He will do it if you'll just experiment with him and say, God, I want to be used in the spirit. I want God, I want you to do something in my my life and I'm willing to put my my reputation aside and I'm willing even just to go out on the limb a little bit and I'm gonna do that praise God because I know your word does not return void I know that you mean what you say and you say what you mean I know I can trust you God I know that you're not going to embarrass me you're going to bring some powerful things into my life and they're going to get passed on to somebody else's come on can you feel that can you feel that here? You know what that is? That's the wind of the Holy Ghost. Confirming the word. That's what he's doing. Amen. God is confirming his word. And he wants to confirm it for you. He doesn't want you saying, well, let me bring so-and-so over here and he can tell you what's going on. No, God wants you to be able to do that. He wants you to be somebody that said, man, I was sick, but God came into that room. He, he, he touched me, praise God, and it's gone in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of excitement we can have. Oh, that's the kind of excitement that you and I can have. Now, I'll leave it up to God and you, you know, to figure out how many times he does that and all that kind of business. I'm not going to put time limits, and I'm not going to say, well, you got to do this at least twice a week. No, you see, we get into trouble doing that. You just do whatever God tells you to do. You ladies that were up here that we prayed for, one of the things I was going to tell you, I'll tell you now, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. Yes. I mean that. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Yes. 
And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see yourself. You're going to, see a, you're going to sense a supernatural thing in Jesus' name. So anchors are real. I'm not saying this, bank, this book is the only answer. I'm just saying it's a good way to understand what those doctrines are and how they relate to us. How does it relate to us? Because as I said this morning, there's so many things in the Bible that it, they're just not, re- we think they are, I believe they are, but a lot of people don't feel they're relevant anymore. When in essence they are. They explain the things of God and they really emphasize why God did what he did. Amen. And so think about it. Then the last thing here is that what we all need is something to fish with. We do. And one of the things that I'm, I'm praying for in my own life is I'm praying that God will help me to become more efficient with that. Amen. And you can fish with a fishing pole. You guys go ahead and do that. Now, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll do that again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, and I enjoyed it. Don't misunderstand me. There was, I enjoyed fishing. But, um, but, but, man, you get one pole out there, and you might catch a few fish, and hopefully you will, unless you go with this guy, and then he hogs the, the pole. <laughs> yeah, every time he throws the line in, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. He's a ringer, this one is. This, this guy knows. Yeah, yeah, look at all of this, guys. Look at, yeah, I think it's all, I better get off of that subject. But, I, but what I feel like would be more proficient and I feel like God wants to give us some type of a net to use in this city. Praise God. To bring the fish in. And um, this morning when I was talking about stepping up, that's where some of you need to go with this. You need to learn that God can help you to teach search for truth. Amen. What's holding you back right now is that you're looking at, man, I don't have enough time to do that. Why? Yeah, come on. Get that answer this week. Why? And I'm not here to beat you over the head with it. My goodness, you know, I promise you I'll only tear up Jack at least once a month or something like that. I'll be careful um, <laughs> unless God tells me to do it. But the point of it is, is that there's reasons why these things aren't happening. Let's be man or woman enough to find out what they are. What do you got going in your life? And I'm not here to be the Pentecostal police. I'm just here to say that if you can't do the work of God, you know, there's some reason. And find out, is there something I can make an adjustment with that God, with his help, that I can do this? And I believe that God will help you. So your ship, praise God, won't run, a, run a, a, up into the ground. It won't, it won't um, uh, drift away too far because you've got anchors. And then when you need the power, Jesus said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. And so you will have that power of the Holy Ghost. And then God will give you a true purpose. One of the things that Jesus told his disciples is he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And I believe in these last days, one of the things that will keep us from getting too distracted, it will, is if we will get involved in harvesting the lost. I really do. I feel like that's one of the things that will help us. Amen. And so I believe that God has got some great things ahead for this church. He really does. I mentioned this morning, can I go an extra five minutes? Okay, I'm going to anyway, but I just, it's nice when you want me to. Um, I'll tell you what God is doing. I mentioned it this morning, and I just want to make a, a, a passing uh, mention of it tonight. I mentioned in the book of uh, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapters 1 through 8, 
um, seven and eight there, it deals actually one through seven. It deals with the project that God had Solomon get a hold, get, get involved in. And that was, of course, building the temple. His dad, of course, um, had already uh, given him a, 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 good, a good start. That David had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of wealth that was already stored up, praise God. And it's, it's tremendous what he did, you know. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I saw it someplace in the scripture, and I bet I probably can't find it again. But at one time, in one place, Solomon, and, and this has been, this is counting that wealth up 10 years ago, so it's probably a whole lot more than, than that right now. But in one, one time, there was an offering given to Solomon of $127 million. What would you do it if God dropped that on your lap? Yeah, you'd better have a plan, or you'll end up messing it up. And so the plan was build that temple. And so that's what they did. And so there was an extreme amount of wealth that was brought in. And I already told you this morning that one of the things that God did was bring in all of the talented people in that area. And so you had quite a, um, quite a crew that was assembled. And uh, I think the Bible says that he was seven years in building that temple, 13 years in building his own house. And either that or it's the other way around. But the point of it is it was a long project. And at one time, 153,000 people were involved in that. That's quite a few. And so this is what was happening. And why was that? Because God wanted it done. And you and I, we got to settle the issue. No matter what comes down the pike here, whatever kind of distractions come, we've got to maintain our vision as what does God want done? What does God want done in my life in the next month or two? What does God want done in the next year? You know, I'm not going to answer those questions for you. I'm just telling you, these are good, good things to start probing. And I believe that the Lord will give us answers. Give us a plan in Jesus' name. And, and I like plans. I like especially the Lord's plan. And so this is what he will do. And so this is what it was. And he, the two things that happened, praise God, he built that temple. And then when he got the temple done, then they begin to make the sacrifices. And so what's happening in a lot of your lives right now is that's what God is doing. He's building the temple. He's building you, amen, character and all kinds of things. Everything that is happening to you from here on out, I hope you will realize this, is there's a purpose in it. Nothing escapes God. I told you this morning, he sees everything. And so the Bible says that we know that all things together work for the good. That's what's happening in your life right now. God is building the temple in you because he's not got a big building someplace where he's going to show off. We're the temple. That's what makes the baptism of the Holy Ghost so valuable is because God entrusted it to us. You know, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. And it took me months to get over that. I thought, God, why would you even want to do that? But he did. And it's what made a difference. And it still makes the difference in my life. Can somebody say amen? amen? It will. It'll always make a difference. The Holy Ghost is designed to make a difference. But it's the building sometimes that has to be tweaked. You know, because we're not perfect. You know, I, I had this ridiculous idea that after I got, I got baptized in Jesus' name, you know, on a Thursday, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night, and I thought I would never sin again. 
I, I am telling you the flat, honest truth, folks. I have, there's a lot of wrong thinking that has come out of this guy's head. Aren't you glad I don't preach that stuff? <laughs> My goodness, God refined me before he took me out here. You know, but the bottom line is, folks, we do, we all of us have some ridiculous ideas about what God is doing, and we need to get them straightened out. And God can help us with that. He will help us with that. A lot of the strongholds that you have in your life right now is not because of circumstances. It's because of your thinking. That's what it is. And God can change your thinking in, in, in no time he can do that. And this is what he's doing. Now let me leave you with this. Um, you know, he was, they built the temple and then they made the sacrifices. And I realize that, that you know, that what God is looking for is a willing sacrifice. He's not looking for some mouthy little preacher to get up and bat you over the head every time you come to church, saying how bad you are and how you're not doing it. Do you want me to do that? Is that what you want me to do? I can. I mean, I can practice. No, I don't want to do that either. I want to, I, I'm going to preach to you the truth. I am going to tear up some jack, okay? I'm not afraid of you people. I'm not, I, and, and, and I say that very respectfully. I'm going to tell you what God tells me. That's how it works. If you don't like that, you'll have to get another person here because it's, that's how it's got to be with me. I'm going to tell you what God tells me, and that's just the name of that game. I hope you won't get offended. Uh, offended. Leastways, if you do get offended, I hope you will get over it fast. I really do. I hope you will follow me into Scripture, and you'll say, well, it's there. I don't like it. You know, I'm in alive. It looked like he was preaching to me, you know, all that stuff. But it's in there, and I hope that's what you will do because that's what I did. That's what I did. And so he's building, he's building in you in Jesus' name. Let me show you one of the places that will help you to understand how he's doing that. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. And Jose, it was a privilege having you tonight. I'm glad that you came. You come back. Okay? I, I hope you will. I really do. Because this is a good place. These are great people. They really are. Amen. Um, the Bible says in chapter number 5 of 1 Peter, it talks about the elders and then it talks about, um, you know, uh, how they need to handle things and, and then it's, it satisfies, or not satisfies, but it straightens out the fact that Jesus is the chief shepherd, okay? He is. There's only one of them. And so the Bible says in verse number um, 5, 5 and 5, 1 Peter, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. It says, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Do you see that? Humility goes a long way with accepting the things of God. And because it just it explains it in the next part of the verse, it says, for God resisteth the proud. He says that also in the fourth chapter of the book of James, that God will give more grace to the humble. Yes. So if you want grace, you know this is how to get it. And the Bible says in verse number 6 that the, 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 the biggest point here is that we have to do this to ourselves. That's why intimidation don't work in the kingdom of God. It has to be something that's willingly done yourself. That's why it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you, he said, in due time. 
Now here's the trick, tricky part here. Verse number 7 says, casting all your care upon him. Now what does that mean? Well, I'll give you a, a very, very matter-of-fact uh, explanation. Of Cares are what you care about. It's just that simple. There's many of you in here that care about things that I could care less about. But you care about them. And so that matters. And so what God wants to help us to do, because he wants you to make room so he can give you some things from him. And if all you're going to do is care about yourself, then you're going to be full of yourself. That's what's going to happen. And no wonder you're unhappy. No wonder you can't get along with too many people. No wonder that it just seems like life is such a drudgery and my goodness, I can't wait until this week gets done, you know. That's how we feel when we're full of ourselves. And so we have to do something. We have to take what we care about and give it to God. No, I'm not talking about holding on to it while you give it to Him. (laughs) See, that isn't faith. That's just, that's God, you better do this, you know, or else. No, you, th- you give it to God. And that's what, you, that's what you and I have to learn to do. And some of you, if you would do this right away in the first 15 seconds of the service, you could receive so much from God. You could get so much from God that you would go home and say, who cares about that stuff now? That's right, that's right. And I'm serious, some of that will happen. Now, I'm not saying all of it will, because some of your concerns and cares are legitimate. But you're not going to be able to do anything about it. It's got to be when God does something about it. So if you're going to sit there and pound on your heels and say, God, you better do this now before I do anything, man, you are right spot on tonight. Several people in here, you're waiting for God to do something. And God's saying, I'm right over here. Come on, why don't you draw nigh unto me and watch and see what happens. Come on. Oh, you're worried about Monday morning. Oh, you're worried about Tuesday afternoon. Oh, you're worried about Friday, you know, Friday night or whatever the case is. God says, put all that stuff down here in this pile and let's get with it in the name of Jesus. And watch God begin to pour out some things and give you because you've made some room for him. That's what you've done. You've made some room for God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. See, when I tear up Jack on Sunday morning, I can preach like this on Sunday night. This is what can happen. And so this is what he wants to do, casting not a part of it. See, that's going to take a little time. I understand that. I'm not rushing you. I'm just saying you've got to trust God to do that. And so you do that. Praise God. I do it every week. i got several things that i got going that I want God to do, and I, I just got to give it to the Lord. And praise God, I trust him. He'll do that. Because the Bible says, just flat, honestly, he cares for you. He does. I know that's hard for us to to, to fathom sometimes because we know how rotten we are. We know it. And we know some of the stupid things that we do. Come on. And so God, you know, he's in the business of changing us, and he will. And so the Bible says, in order to get rid of those things, praise God. Some of you aren't drunk on alcohol as much as you're drunk on your job. You're drunk on trying to make a living. You're drunk on trying to, to make something out of life. And I'm not saying that isn't a sweet ambition, but folks, God can do some things a lot better than you can. Just go and do a good job tomorrow. 
Just do that. Praise God. I gave you a business proposition today. Ah. I told him he should get with you and you guys ought to start one of those businesses. Oh, Jeannie's about ready to throw something at me, so I better get on now. But you can do that because you guys are good guys. And if you put it in the right perspective, God will honor that. You'll make, you'll make more money than you need. I'm telling you that right now. And you'll have plenty of time to do the work of the Lord. You will. I'm telling you that. You will. You'll have plenty of time to do what God wants you to do and join in what he has. And you'll have more joy in your life. I mean to tell you, your wives will be buying you stuff every week because you bring that stuff home. Yeah. Okay. Now, the scripture says in verse 8 that we need to be sober and vigilant because why? Because we have an adversary. His name is the devil, and he's like a roaring lion, and he walks about seeking whom he may devour. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to stop long enough and quit so he can come and he can really chew on you. Well, the Bible says that's not going to happen if we trust in the Lord. It says, whom rest steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in, in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, in verse number 10, the scripture says that's what brings this stuff, is the grace of God who hath called us unto him, his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, once you realize it's the grace of God that's bringing this, there's five things that are working in your life right now, and you can count them right now. The Bible says in verse number 10, the scripture says that after th that, it says you have suffered. Everybody say suffered. What God will do is, is bring a little discomfort in your life. He will do that. Because anybody who gets comfortable in this world, you're in danger. And so you're going to suffer the scripture says, a while, and then he makes you perfect. What that means is he brings the completion to you, and then he establishes you, and then he strengthens you, and then he settles you. Now do yourself a favor and go home tonight and look those words up and see what they mean. I could give you the meanings right now, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you do that. If you're really serious about this, find out what kind of materials and what kind of things God is bringing into your life to build the temple. Because that's what he's doing. That's temple building material right there. And God wants to, he wants to make you a vessel, praise God, that's not only worthy, but he wants to make a vessel that's able to hold on to these things that God has. And that's what he's got in store for you, praise God. Amen. And I believe that God's going to start that with many of you just this week in Jesus' name. Praise God. I, I went a little longer than I thought I would tonight, but I, yeah. Let's stand in the name of Jesus. You're great people. I appreciate you. Amen. We're going to have a great time. God's going to build his kingdom, and we're going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's do something tonight before we get dismissed. Let's just, if it's proper, go ahead and lay your hands on that person next to you right now and pray for them. Pray that God will help them to get these things in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah.